This is episode three of the Outfield Podcast. Sorry for missing last week, but we are back and we have a great guest in Eric Bach, a student at Michigan State, a broadcaster, referee, former high school quarterback, catcher. Great stories to tell about being gay in a small town in the Midwest and also being gay and play-by-play broadcasting. There aren't many of those out there. It's a great story. He's a great guy, and we hope you enjoy the show. Make sure you stay tuned for contests in the coming weeks, as well as subscribing to us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and many places to come. Enjoy the show. promised a third episode of the outfield podcast is now here after a week delay and we have eric bach who is a student in michigan state story is very interesting and i love it because there are many play-by-play announcers who are queer let's be fair uh it's kind of samey in the booth so anytime you see a story like that at least i do i'd like to talk about it. so eric welcome to the show thank you so much for having me i appreciate it well i will say this three podcasts Two Michigan State people. Didn't intend it to be this way. It just happened to be. It's a pattern. It's a pattern. No, it's not. I can't think of anybody else from Michigan State that's going to be on this podcast in <laughs> ever. Maybe that's good. I have no idea. Well, you'll probably, once we're done here, you'll probably think it's a good thing that there's no more Spartans coming on. Well, depends on how much I think about Michigan State. Do I have to think about the football <laughs> games? Do I have to think about the basketball games? No, I'll just think about the sports where Maryland is actually better. The sports that actually do matter. But I'm going to save the making fun of Michigan State for later, as I did with my friend Dan t- a couple weeks ago. Um, I'll try to save the making fun of people's teams until the end of the show, because there's a real reason why people are here. The reason why you're here is because your story is fascinating. Uh, you came out in June. Uh, you were a student at Michigan State. And obviously, for me, the reason why you're here is because you do play-by-play and... I do play-by-play, and there are almost zero play-by-play broadcasters of any level that are gay or queer or whatever. And so for me, anytime I see one of them, my heart warms because you want to see more people doing what we do. So before we get more into the meat of the thing, introduce people to who you are and what your story is because many people might not have heard your story because, well, you're still a student at Michigan State. Yeah, well, I guess I can give you the Cliff Notes version. Um, I... I um, have, so I'm a junior at Michigan State. I just turned uh, 21 about a month ago. And um, I was, I'm a sports, a journalism major with a minor in sports journalism. Um, I have, uh, ever since I was in middle school or late elementary school, I've known that I've wanted to uh, do play-by-play. And now it's a, a dream that is becoming realized here at MSU um, I started off uh, at the Big T- BTN Big Ten Network Student U I'm still working with them on a lot of the Olympic sports here at MSU we do uh, a little bit of men's basketball in the early exhibition season lots of women's basketball baseball softball soccer all that good stuff um, now this year I have taken over as the play-by-play announcer uh, for the for WDBM Sports, which is the student radio station here on campus, 
as the play-by-play announcer on MSU football, which is sorry my dream. Sorry because you have to watch Michigan State on offense. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, it, it, you know, it's just, it's it's a it's a roller coaster every week, but um, we we have some fun. Um, so yeah, I like you said, I wrote the thing for Out Sports in June. Um, I had a couple of friends that I met through Out Sports beforehand that kind of encouraged me to do that and uh, pushed me to do that. I came out, I think, to my family around Christmas time last year, so it's been about nine-ish months. So my family and close friends had known for going on six months before the uh, before the thing ran. Um, I, you know, I was a high school quarterback. Uh, I played baseball as well, so I was a two-sport high school varsity athlete. Uh, pretty successful. Uh, my my teams uh, were pretty good and I had a pretty central role on both of them. Um, Yeah. And so it's just, I guess, like you said, it's rare to have somebody in our place, you know, as a part of the, as a part of the community. So it's good to, you know, I'm, I'm content with it now. Um, You know, of course, like most, like most LGBTQ people, it um, it, t- it took me a while to kind of get to a place where I was really comfortable with dealing with it, but I think I'm there now. You know, working on it every single day, but um, it's you know the the support of both of the sports community has really really been something that I didn't expect and am thrilled to have. Um, so yeah, that's I also officiate. Um, some college basketball on the side. Yeah, I got uh, high school talk about that later too. Yeah, high I, high school and high school and college basketball and high school football as well. So I thought being a play-by-play announcer was a difficult living. Not that the job is hard, right? Getting the job is hard, much more. Yes. So. Uh-huh. But then you decide to be a ref. We'll get to that later right. because I have I have questions about refs that I want to get to. But I want to focus first on you first. You know, you, you have a the story of your life. In other words, you can now go into more detail. Uh, where you grew up and the kind of environment you grew up in. Obviously, people could tell you're from Michigan. It's the accent. Mm-hmm. Right. Is, is it that obvious? It, it is to me. I, it is to me. I guess. Now, I will say that. Yeah, the, you're an East well, Coast guy, so you. Well, I don't have an accent, which I'm lucky about because, I mean, the entire family's from New York. I've lived in Philadelphia all my life. I don't say John. I don't say any Philly things. I don't have the accent. Water is the way you right. say it, by the way. But I just. Water. Just, yeah. Yes. I'm predisposed to pick up accents. I could tell the the rabbi at my synagogue was from I was from Michigan and had the accent and I could tell instantly that that's where it was from. Yeah, they say uh, it's like nasally. That's that's it, the uh... on certain words if it's I R E at the end you can definitely hear it. But more, yeah. but other it depends on the it depends on it. But no matter the case may be, uh, you're still too young to have to even worry about caring about accents. So don't worry about it. Uh, but for you, you grew up. Coldwater, Michigan. I actually had to look up where that is because I didn't know where it was. Oh, yeah. And it's to me, I think a lot of it comes from where you grow up and how you react to that environment that shapes you in many ways when it comes to this particular story. I mean, I grew up outside of Philadelphia, pretty open and accepting area. You, when I had to look up where Coldwater was, I was like, maybe it's not quite a suburb of Detroit or Lansing. No. So that, that to me is like, oh, okay. So what was your upbringing like in a town that is close to the Ohio border? Look it up on Wikipedia. It's actually right this time. 
yeah. So yeah, it's actually closer to Indiana. We're about 15 minutes into Michigan from Indiana. Um, but you know, Coldwater is a, first of all, the town that in my lifetime has grown a lot. Um, it's, you know, the high school, it's a small class, a high school. So around 950, 960 uh, students in the high school. So not like your your typical rural high school. My where class was 463 people, and that was low right. at my high school. Right. Just my so class alone. So I graduated with around a little less than 200 people in my class, which there's a lot of towns that surround Coldwater that are much, much smaller than, than that. Um, my dad teaches in Quincy, which is about 10 minutes east down the road, and they have – 300 some students in their entire high school. So, um, so it's, you know, Coldwater is kind of the, the biggest town in branch County, which is, uh, the County that Coldwater sits in, in Southern Michigan there, but no, it's, um, it's your typical Midwestern small town. I would say, as far as attitudes and stuff go, there's a lot of, you know, you see a lot of camouflage in the high school. You see a lot of people that are very much accustomed to like the farm life, which I'm not, you know, ragging on that that's a perfectly fine I'm not lifestyle judgmental but right um, it's like it's one of those things like eh, i'm not judging but you know right right and, and you know i'm not you know i'm not trying to throw shade at people who live a more country lifestyle but you know with that comes the stereotype that they're going to be less accepting and less um you know less open to to people in, in our community but um i found for the most part I, i'm still in regular contact with um, not very many people that I graduated high school from. I mean, I have a close, tight-knit group of friends and um, that I still am very close with, that I was close with throughout high school. And a few, like I would say, kind of like the second layer of friends that I still talk to pretty regularly. Um, so as far as that goes, all of my close friends and, and people that I – you know, had a relation, a significant relationship with when I was there in Coldwater are very open and, and good to me. Um, because, you know, I found that most people, most people will, um, will judge you by, you know, the content of your character, not, you know, not who you like or who you spend your time with. But um, it's just, overall, I would say, I, I'm not sure really how to put it i i wouldn't say i associated myself too closely with those that i knew would have a problem with me you know i kind of filtered that through once i it was about around sophomore year of high school where i really you know figured out like oh i'm gay you know like i i can't this isn't something that i can just you know hide and i mean i did hide it for a long time but it was just around then that I figured out like, okay, this is something that I'm just going to have to deal with and keep away from all these people. Um, I mean, even before I came out, I wasn't, I mean, I'm still friendly with everybody back home, but I, I'm not, um, I wasn't in super close contact with a lot of people that I was, um, you know, close with in high school. And that's, I mean, that's not because of the, because I'm gay, but that just happens to, you know, people when everyone goes their separate directions and goes to college. So that or goes into the workforce or does whatever they do post high school. But I, uh, so it's not necessarily, my, my view of Coldwater has actually been even more positively 
enhanced after I came out because of the reaction or lack of negative reaction that I received. And maybe there is negative reaction out there, but it hasn't been to my face. And honestly, I don't have time to care about what people say behind my back. So that's kind of where I am with that. Well, that's good. I mean, well, the thing with high school is I, I kind of hated a lot of people in my high school. And then I went to my high right. school reunion and I saw a lot of the people and it wasn't the whole class. It was maybe a, like 30% of it. And I was like, oh, I was kind of mean to these people. And that wasn't because yeah, of my sexuality. Yeah. It was just because I was a jerk. And I was just figuring out right. that sarcasm is great. And then I didn't know how to refine it. But that's high school. And it's not a real good approximation of your life. But it's such a big part of your life. And I want to we'll get to that in a second. So as you're coming to grips with your sexuality and you are in a small town, it's not like a big suburb of Detroit. Yeah, it it's around 10,000 people live in yeah. Colorado. My town's 70,000. And that's right. not small. But again, it's, it's a typical northeast suburb. And for you, Midwestern farm town is different in many in right. many ways and so as you're coming to grips with that and you're saying you're hiding it do you hide it because you don't know what people are going to say or are you cognizant of your environment and you're a junior in eighth school so you're a lot younger as things happen in the world so yeah. does this does that really prevent you from saying oh i could be open about this now or is it something you're just coming to grips with and you feel like because of what you're doing and who you are you you're kind of stuck do you get what i mean are you, you're saying you're asking about when I back when like, I was you, in you, high school. Do you feel like that as you're coming to grips with your own sexuality and coming to grips with who you are, but because you're heavily involved in sports and heavily involved in very important sports teams, does it feel like well I can't come out because of this, or I don't see anybody like me, or well I'm worried that this town is not going to accept me? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So you know I was. I mean, I'm going to try to say this without sounding like I'm bragging, but I was a pretty, I would say, prominent person in the school and, you know, in somewhat in the community because a lot of that comes with, you know, you're a quarterback, you're one of the big athletes, you know. So that in a small town like that, those are the people that, you know, kind of rise to the top of the social ladder, if you know what I mean. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, you hear things that people say, and people say things, I mean, you know, it's still, you know, regular language that people use to use homophobic language, and they don't mean it homophobically. They just say the words because that's what other people say, you know what I mean? But um, it's just, so you hear things and, you, you know, then you build it up in your mind that when it gets out or if it gets out that... Um, people are going to be all weird about it but the the thing that i think i really tried to convey when i did come out was that um and and people have been receptive to this is that i you know i am the exact same person that you knew before now you just know the whole story you know and so it's like not much really changed for me or for anything because nothing, literally nothing in my life changed. You know, I was still doing the exact same things on Monday that I was, that I, and I, this, the thing ran on Tuesday. I was doing the same things on Monday as I was on Tuesday. So, you know, I, I just, I felt like that back when I was in high school, I had this, you know, built up thing in my mind about how things were going to be, how things were going to go so negatively. And so, terribly and um 
obviously that was over dramatic and overblown, just a figment of my imagination. Because honestly, most people, especially people closer to my age, have been, um, you know, coming of age in a time that has been so much more accepting of, of, you know, the queer community. And even in the past five years, you know, five, six years, the, you know, gay marriage passes in, in 15 and there's been all sorts of things since then that have helped and helped, you know, our, our cause, but it's just, people are like, Oh, it's not that big of a deal. People, most people just kind of like shrug and, a lot of people are surprised just because of the stereotypes that come with jobs and sports and working in sports and stuff like that. But, um, people just go, Oh, okay. And it's just, you move on with your day. It's not that big of a deal to most people. And so the people that it is a big deal to, I just, I don't really have them around or need them around. So that's kind of, it's kind of my mindset about that. Well, did you ever feel like as you're going through this, cause I know a lot of people who probably are in our position, or many physicians are going to feel this way. Did you ever feel like you're, you're in high school, you're in all of these sports, you like sports, and it, it, the stereotypes about what gay people are, they, they filter down to you at some point. By high school, I definitely knew what they were, and I'm assuming you did too. Uh, did you ever go like, is there anybody like me out there? And, oh, yeah, all the time. Because I, I, I thought I was... that too. I, I tell the story yeah. about my high school when the one kid that ever, I think he was out, but I don't know whether he was or not, for the sake of the story, everyone knew he was gay. We called them theater kids because they were involved in theater. Uh, right. It was, it was pretty obvious. Everybody kind of knew. And I remember thinking to myself at the time, and I'm grappling with what is my own sexuality at the time, and I went, I'm not like that because I thought that sexuality and personality were the same thing at yes. that point, which is not. And that's the thing that I want right. to make clear on this podcast is no matter what you want to say about how people act and what people like, sexuality and personality are different. They're very, very different things. Your sexuality is an right. personality. You, you gain it as you grow along. So, mm -hmm. and, and for you, because I know you probably felt that way, right? Oh, yeah. So what you said there about uh, the, the theater kids comment was, um, I, I can relate to that a lot because the only kids that I, it was kind of the same thing. I'm not sure that these kids in high school ever actually came out, but everybody knew, you know, and those kids because of more their personality as opposed to their sexuality were somewhat social outcasts, I would say. Not that anybody was like purposefully mean to them or, you know, at least that I saw, bullied them because of their sexuality. Now, I'm sure that, you know, there was some of that going on that I wasn't privy to. But, um, you know, it, it, they were so that was the only example that I had. You know, I was like, that, that, that was kind of why I had to stay in the closet until college because, um, I was afraid of becoming like them. Like I had, I had my, I had everything. I had a lot of things going for me. You know, I had good grades. I was, you know, at the top of my class, I was, you know, athlete on two big teams i had a really strong group of friends so i kind of had was living the dream in high school as as you know people say but it and i was afraid that if it you know came out that i was gay that i would you know i would lose all that so it was more and i'm not sure i would have 
I, maybe I would have. Maybe it would have all come crashing down. I don't know. But Wait, this, um, this is dark. <laughs> right. No, I. It, you, you just never know, you know. And so I kind of just hit it away because I was afraid that it was gonna. It was all everything that I was going to lose what I had, both socially, academically, personally, um, if I if I let people know. So, I mean, that's not to say that those the kids that were out in high school were wrong to be out, but it was just um, it was just a different world that I wasn't that I didn't really want to be a part of. Well, you you fear because. Kids are judgmental, very. Mm -hmm. I certainly was in high school, but I also had the, the lucky gift of not really caring what people thought of me, so being a jerk didn't matter, because if people didn't like me, mm -hmm. oh well, I'm not going to see you ever again, and if I do, it's going to happen once every five years, who cares? But for other people like you, it's different, because I can imagine if I was in your high school and I saw you, I would have been like, mm. see, I didn't like many of the kids who played sports at my high school, even though I, I mm -hmm. grew up with them, you know what I mean? Because there is also the stereotype of what is the high school quarterback, right? And you see it in all exactly. these things. And you I like to think that I didn't fit that stereotype. Well, I don't know because I, was... I didn't know you in high school. But, like, when you right. think about that. But also the thing is, like, even though you probably hate it, well, I probably would have hated, like, people like that because of the stereotypes. And the, the quarterback of my team was not the nicest person in the world. But also the team was garbage, so I didn't really care. Which is yeah, we were pretty good. So. See, see, like, that that also was part of it. Like, the teams that I actually cared for, the, te the people were kind of good and the team was good, as opposed to the, the teams that had the jerks on it, often they were the worst, which was great for somebody like me. But for, for also, I can't imagine that there aren't kids out there, or people listening to this podcast out there, who didn't have a crush on their high school quarterback. Right? Well, probably, yeah. And so, like, you think about it, like, because, again, it didn't happen for me, but for others... People would have been like, well, that's the guy I had a crush on. And you know instantly, well, there's no way. Right? And then you hear right. your story and like, I, oh, boy. Somebody actually right. went through that and was gay. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's <laughs> That's true. Did, did I never I, really thought about it that like, way. You no. Know, no, I, it never really has. But I, I like just to circle back a little bit, I, I was – I'm pretty confident in saying that I didn't fit – the stereotype of the high school quarterback. I mean, I had a, a very diverse group of friends. Um, you know, I was friends with them because I was in the AP classes that had people in them that only did. So you're saying, you know, only only were there smart, for school. Is what you're saying? Well, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying yeah. that um, it, you know, I was able to connect. I think with a lot of different people. You know, I wasn't just friends with the guys in the football team. Is what I'm saying. Um, but I mean, the, I'm sure, like you said, the stereotype of, of, of quarterbacks is, is what you describe. And I never really thought about that before about how people of, you know, people having a crush on the high school quarterback can be, it's not uh female exclusive, but, um, yeah, I never, yeah, that's an interesting point. I never really, that's a, another layer to this whole thing that I never really considered. Well, I, I think about. I mean, just any terrible movies about high school or any of the awful teen right. movies that are farted out on Netflix every 10 minutes. Exactly. You, you think right. about that and you go, like, maybe now there would be a story about that. But, like, imagine people had crushes on their high school quarterback and they could do nothing about it. 
it was mm-hmm. it ate them up because they knew it was there, but they couldn't say anything, obviously. And even if they could right. say something, there's no chance they got it back. And especially if you're in a smaller town like you were in, it's a pretty big deal, right? It is a big deal. Yes. And that's the, and that's the difference because I come from a place where high school sports, they, they matter, but they don't matter. Oh you yeah, I mean, high school sports are everything in my area, and that's a, and that's the difference. So that's why I'm saying, like, you're the celebrity in your own little ecosystem, and then people look up to you, you know, in ways that right. you you see, and then you see, oh, he was actually gay, and, <laughs> right. and your eyes and your eyes open because it's like I didn't think that was possible. Like that was the thing that when you grew yeah. up, it's like you couldn't think that anybody like that in the world of sports or anybody like you was gay. It just, it never could cross your mind. You always hoped, but it would just always be like, yeah, there's no chance. No. Yeah. I agree with that a hundred percent. You know, it's, you think, you think that, you know, just like being straight is part of the requirements for being a, you know, an athlete of any type. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's good to see. I mean, I'm certainly not the only one, but, um, there's, it's good to see others that are starting, you know, guys in the NFL. Um, it's just, it's good. The more exposure that they can get, the more that stereotype can be broken. Well, I also want to say, I was reading the story on Outsports just to prep a little bit for this. Uh, did you say that teachers tried to set you up with girls? I did. Yes. What? Yeah, it was it was a little bit odd. Well, I mean, a little it wasn't bit like odd. official. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't official. Like, I'm gonna give you this girl's number. You should text her. You know, it wasn't anything like that. But it was it was like subtle suggestions, and um, like I think it was a little. I say this in the piece that it's a little bit. Um, it was probably a little bit odd to everybody that, you know, the high school quarterback, you know, doesn't have never really had a girlfriend throughout the entire time of high school. You know, that's, that's another kind of box that most, most check when you are in the position I was in. And so people were kind of like, there were a couple of teachers that I had a close personal relationship with outside of, outside of school through, you know, extracurriculars. They were advisors for things that I was involved in and had leadership roles in so I was around these people a lot more. That so we had more of a of a closer relationship than just you know the typical teacher student relationship. So I didn't find it inappropriate. I just kind of found it a little ironic that they were trying to do it, and I was you know you know secretly gay. Well, also I mean like if you see people doing that, right? You it has to be just like reinforcing to you like oh no exactly right right like, that, no that stuff's no got to eat you up a little bit. When it's not totally. just like other people, it's like, oh, the teachers are doing it? Good God. Right. And, you know, before, you know, before my, my parents knew, they would see, they would suggest people to me and they would, and, and I would just, it was hard. That, that part of it was hard because you, I, you just, you feel like a, you feel like a liar almost like you're trying to go along with this and, um, and it doesn't you know that it's not the reality that your life is. And so it's just, um, it's a little bit difficult sometimes when people have this perception of you and you know that it's so far off and it's just, it's, that was one of the hardest parts for me. And these people weren't trying to cause me pain, of course, but 
inadvertently it kind of did in a way because it's like oh these people really think they know me but they really don't and i i cannot imagine because being bisexual means i could date women i'd be fine i just didn't date because i i had no chance because i wasn't you know the nicest person in the world socially and wasn't really interested (laughs) in it at the time I focus too much. I focus too much on the Jaguars in high school. There, there's an abusive relationship oh, for you. Um, that's a bad. That's a bad move there. It, it, well, no, it was. It was the only move I had. I had yet to go to Maryland and figure out what it was really going to be like when you started really rooting for more teams that were bad. Oof, but yeah. Oh, it just got worse and worse as time went on. But but for you, I mean, you you have to think like. I can't date these people because I'm not, my heart's not in it and I'm going to hurt. No. And, and, and I would be doing them a disservice. Like I would be wasting. Have you seen come out and they say, I dated women. I did it because I yeah. felt like I had to. And it's yeah. just, it's oh, the worst. Countless. So many. And, and that's not fair to, to the women who are actually interested because you know, it's, you're wasting their time and getting their hopes up for something that can never be, can never be a thing. So it's, that's another thing that kind of pushed me. It's like, I gotta, I gotta do this. So people know it's so people know, and I don't have to, cause it, you know, it's awkward for me. It was awkward for me when people would suggest, you know, when people close to me would say, why don't you go for her? Or why don't you DM her? It's like, she's, you know, she's gorgeous. She's all this, she's all that, but it's just never going to work out. And you can't say at the time why. Uh, when right, did you actually? Exactly. When did you actually like? When you, can you go back and look on it now? Now that you're out and say, yeah, I knew I was gay when X, Y, and Z happened. Oh man, um, that's a really good question. Um, there was. This is a family uh, show, just in case you're wondering. Yeah, yeah. Well, right. you can say these things. I'm not sure that the iTunes filter is actually going to be able to know what any of it is. So. <laughs> Maybe maybe it's smarter um, than I think it is, but I don't know. There, I don't know if there was one singular moment. Um, gosh, is in the accumulation like, stuff. Yeah, and I, I mean, I had looking back, I would have like subtle crushes on like television characters and stuff Uh-oh. like that. You mentioned it, so yeah. Ask which ones. Uh. Don't worry, they're only going to be embarrassing for this moment, and only 30 people listen to the show, so you'll be okay. (laughs) Um, I'm trying to think. I'm not trying to dodge your question. I'm just trying to think of who the first one was. Um, God, it was... I'm just going to have to think about this. We're going to have to come back. I, I, I promise I will give you a specific you name have before to, this podcast is over. One, but if you think of it and it just comes out randomly, you can say it. But Okay, I will. I'm not embarrassed to admit it. It's just I, I, can't, I can't think of it right now. Well, I mean, that's fine because I couldn't think of one. I, I mean, I can, but again, family show. So, not, right, yeah. Exactly. There, there are. That's the X-rated version. Of, no, I'm kidding. We're not going to do that. Uh, <laughs> so when you go to Michigan State, and you now feel like, okay, you're in a very different environment. Lansing, East Lansing, Coldwater couldn't be any more different. And, and not having been in Michigan very often for any reason, I can already tell you that. So as you're now in college and you're getting involved in doing all these things, do, do you are you? How do you feel about your sexuality then? You're out of this environment where you're the guy and now you're one of many. And 
now you're you're more involved in sports do you have a fear like am i going to come out and am i going to lose all of this too or is it just you get into college and you say oh there's a different world here and etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah so i my i didn't have my first again family rated show my my first experience with another guy was not till college so i didn't um even like i'm not i'm not just talking like sexually like out like with another with another guy in that way um so i was not um i wasn't really it was all new to me still um i wasn't necessarily afraid i was going to lose what i had because for a while you know it took me a while to build up what i have you know and a lot of it was built um you know after i've been come out after i came out and all that um but i mean at work because i super right now the coordinator of the intramural referees here um so you know i work my way up the chain through that start off as just a regular referee then a supervisor now the coordinator and I wasn't ever afraid that I was going to lose any of that. Um, it was just a matter of how my coworkers and my friends, because most of my friends are my coworkers in one aspect or another, um, would view me. That's that was more the worry. I wasn't worried, you know, so much professionally about what I would lose as mar as far as socially. And it's you know I've only gotten become closer with all these people that I was, you know, so afraid of losing. So, um, it, the referee community is a very tight knit community. Um, you know, the sports broadcasting community is a very tight knit community. And I mean, we kind of got to stick together and, um, well, who else are we going to talk about when it comes to not getting jobs? Because no one else understands how hard it is. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so it's, I, I, I've been so pleasantly surprised with everybody's reaction that I, you know, that I'm close with and that I know. So to answer your question, no, I wasn't afraid I was going to lose things professionally as much as I was afraid socially I was going to lose what I had built. Which is weird because in college you normally would think like, well, wouldn't it be, and especially coming from where you came from, it would be more accepting, right? No, so yeah, town, it, it is. Town different than college town. Oh, yeah, for sure. For, for some people, the difference is going from accepting place to accepting place, and it doesn't change much. But for you, that's different. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I just I, – I don't want to paint cold water in this bigoted, homophobic light well, no, because that's I'm not, not the reality. That. That's not the reality. I know you're not saying that, but I just I just want to make sure we, we clarify that I'm not trying to hate on cold water here. I think that well, but, because black and white – the world we live in because there is no nuance anymore because people are right. dumb and nuance is too complicated for many people. I can feel mm -hmm. okay saying that. When you hear rural, small town, you think hateful place. Oh, yeah. Of and, course. And, and, and it's not that's true. That's the stereotype. But, and it's not true, but, you know, you don't, you can't, because all rural, small towns are not created equal. Some are different than others. And, like, a rural, small town where I live would be different than your rural, small town or any other. And so, hence the difference. But also, people come from such different backgrounds that it so affects how they come out and how they view themselves, right? 
But the one thing that I think becomes pretty clear is that no matter where you live or what your environment is, there's gay people everywhere. It's the one thing that cuts across every single group of people across the world. Mm -hmm. And that changes. Uh, I mean, the stories change because of how people see themselves and where they grow up. And that's environment as much as it is. <coughs> Excuse yes. me. Yes, Michigan State does make people ill. It happens. I'm kidding. Um, oh, I've been fighting this cough for going on a month. I blame Brian Lewerke. Hey, Brian Lewerke is the best thing the Spartan football team has going for him right now. Well, other than the defense. Well, but, other than the defense. Um, which is like saying yeah. Gardner Minshew is the greatest thing the Jaguars have going, other than the guy they might trade because they're run by idiots. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. To the Lions, hopefully. Uh, no. No, you have to give us your team, but we don't want anybody it's on big, the Lions. So it's a big column in the Detroit News today about how it makes sense for the Lions. But anyway, carry on. It might make sense in one person's mind, and then as somebody who comes from the other side, what can the Lions give the Jaguars that's good? And we'll talk about that later. Uh, so then what makes you decide, okay, I've got to come out now? Is there a moment or is there a trigger that makes you say, okay, I've got to tell the world now? It's well past So and I there was a bit of a bit of a leakage out of my friend group um that interesting um, word more 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 and more people were starting to find out that i hadn't told myself um and you i know, wanted to, to be really annoying because the one thing that i have said repeatedly to people if you want to come out to me that's fine but i'm never going to tell anybody you don't want me to tell exactly me. and that and that was sucks that, that was kind of my instruction to those that i told and and then they did one listen. per one per one all except for one um so i so things were starting to snowball a little bit nothing like bad or out of control or anything like that but and i had thought about writing the out sports thing for a long time and pride month was starting so i thought and they were out sports was all about it when i contacted them and they wanted to run it at the beginning of pride month and do the whole thing so they were they were on board and I was like, you know what? The time is right. I'm feel secure with myself. I feel like I have established myself in a place that I can fall back on if things don't go well. Um, and so, you know, I, I, there was, it was hard for me to, to totally, to totally pinpoint exactly what provoked it but i was just like the 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 time was now i was tired of people of hanging out with some people that knew and some that didn't and then have to have my friends keep my secret for me it's like that's just not a an, an ideal place that you want to be no and it feels like it feels like people if we're hanging if some of my friends that know are with me or around some of my other friends that don't know that those friends have to like sit on pins and needles and hold their breath the whole time. That's just an awkward, uncomfortable situation that I wanted to put an end to for, for, for my sake and for their sake, because so many people had been so good at, you know, keeping the secret for so long that, you know, it was time for all of us to be able to just kind of let it, let our breath go and, and, uh, and for everybody to know, because honestly, like I've said before, it's, it's really not that big of a deal. It, it, well, you say that, and I've said that, but it is, it, it is a big deal for a lot of people because people, for some people, you might've been the first gay person they knew and mm -hmm. opinions on them. That is change. true. That is it, very true. It is a true. big deal when people like this come out. It's a big deal for, 
somebody to be able to be themselves and to know that they are not going to have to walk around and turn the corner and be like, I'm fearful of this. That It is a big right. deal. Even in, in a small way, it's a big deal. Even if it's not somebody on a major level, it's still a big deal for these people because you're like, you can't live your life like that. And people will say it. I, I call it. It's not quite a, the, what the term means, but you get so down on yourself when you cannot be yourself openly to other people, even the people that you care about the most, especially. And then you damage yourself for a long time the longer you wait. And everybody will react to it differently. But what is so important is just that people can then see you for not only just who you are, but then their opinion on the entire community changes. Because you could say, right. oh, well, you know, if you say these homophobic things, you're going to make people feel uncomfortable. Well, now if it's, oh, you make Eric feel uncomfortable, that's very different. And taking yeah. the no, third right. person out of it and making it first person, I think, is so important. And that's why, again, that's why it matters. Because it, it does matter. And eventually people are going to be like, okay, well, oh, he's, he's going out with a guy tonight. But, you know, in the beginning, it does matter. It's very important. And I think even for me, yeah. when I say, well, it doesn't matter what my sexuality is, it's like, it does because it informs who you are and it informs, you know, how you view the world in many ways. And it, it informs, you know, how you treat people and how, you know, you then feel like you have to right? like you, you end up being an advocate for yourself because you have to be because you realize right. in the world that you live in, well, there are people out there who don't accept you for who you are, and you have to fight for that. You have to fight for every inch. And the fewer people that have to fight, you know, again, the fewer people that fight against you and the more people that fight for you, right? That makes it so important. I know I was rambling there, but I know that what I just said made sense in some weird way. No, it did. Um, it's, you're right. I mean, when I say it's not a big deal, it's not a big deal in the sense of my relationships with others, um, with the people that have that knew me before and now know me now um because like i said before nothing has changed but what you said you know resonates it, it it's it's it is important of course that there's visibility for people that feel like they can't that they can't relate and um i know that visibility for me was a huge thing um i was always seeking out you know people like me you know that's i leaned on out sports a lot there's a few people on there in particular that I really related to. Um, and yeah, so when I say it's not a big deal, it's not a big deal for me personally in the way that I live my life, you know, on a day to day basis, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's important for, for there to be visibility and exposure out there, especially for those like us that, you know, are maybe interested in sports have more of a quote unquote straight persona. But, um, that you know a lot of people are surprised when they find out about yeah i i try to find the way to talk about that without offending people because right. once you get into the weeds you start getting into some minefields that are you know really really annoying to navigate but as i said sexuality is not personality they're different things exactly and that's what i and that's what i try to say you might think that they're acting straight but that's not really what the point is you right. Know, because we've constructed what that means. That doesn't mean anything. It only means what you think it does. And for me, I mean, being straight or masculine means you're just comfortable with yourself or whatever that yeah, is. Yeah, no, although, for sure. Although, although the funniest thing that you, you've probably learned this, the most insecure people on planet Earth are straight white men. And that will always oh, yeah. be the case 
till yeah. the end of time, right? Which and is that... like seems to be the most backwards thing in the world. No, but yeah, no, it you're actually, right. Actually, it's it, it is. Well, they are the most insecure people in the world. Everybody thinks that something's an attack on them, an attack on. I can't even imagine what, <coughs> and, and that's, the, I know, right? Straight white people make you feel ill sometimes. Um, <laughs> it happens. Uh, but for, that's like the thing in a locker room, right? Like, cause if, if yeah. that even, mm -hmm. it feels like that's an attack on their pride or I don't know. Right. I've never understood it. Right. It's hard. no, neither have I, because I, you know, we're not one of them. It's, it's, it's hard to. Well, I completely understand. And, and if, you know, if the gay guy was crushing on you and said you were good looking. I mean, come on. People, yeah, he goes, of oh. course. I don't know. Anyway, no, is, there I, any, is there anybody I, that you came out to and you had a story about it where you're like, oh, this is going to stick with me? You know, was it just they gave you a big hug or was it somebody who said something that really made you feel great when you came out to them? Is there any one that sticks out in your mind? Um,. There was one of my closest friends from high school um, who had – he was in, like, my closest friend group, um, and I spent tons of time at his house in high school and was close with his family and all that. Um, he was one that was more uh, – was not very careful with a lot of the words that he used a lot of the time. Um, and he was one that I was a little more nervous about telling because of just the language that he had used in the past. Not that, you know, he is or was homophobic, but just like I said before, those words are so mainstream, especially in a locker room, high school setting. Um, because nobody's there to tell I, them, no, don't say that. Exactly. And, and if you do tell him that, then people are like, oh, what are you, gay or something? You, you know, it, it just snowballs into something like that. 15-year-old um, brains are not developed. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, he was one that I was a little more worried about. And when I um, – so they both – so he and another one of my close friends, like my best friend, the first person that I ever told were roommates at, um, at a different university. And um, – so I told the second or the, you know, the friend, the, the first guy that I mentioned, I told him and he was just, I texted the other friend that had already, that already knew because I didn't get a response right away. It was, it was, uh, it, I had told him over text because I wanted to tell him the person, but then we were supposed well, to hang out he, and it didn't work he, out and the whole thing. It, right. How a certain thing yeah. is supposed to go and it right. never goes that way and you can't say the words. So sometimes if yeah. you say, I'm going to text you it. It just eliminates yeah. the problem because then you don't right. have and, words. Not the best way to come out, but you, you come out whatever way you want to. And I was planning on doing it in person, but it, like I said, the plans didn't align. It didn't work out. Um, so we were um, – so I texted it to him, and I texted my other friend that was living with him at the time and said, "What's is everything okay? What's going on? And the – friend that I already knew said um he's just silent and he feels terrible about all the things that he said in the past and he doesn't know what to say and all this and I was like that that's not what I wanted I didn't want to you know shame people into feeling bad about their past words or actions I just wanted people to know you know and um so that was that conversation that eventual conversation that happened later that night was 
pretty uh, eye-opening for me about how people, you know, when people say things like that, 95% of the time, it come it doesn't come from a place of hate or a place of exclusion. It only comes because that's the culture that they've grown up in, that those words they've heard others say them and they're acceptable to say, and um, they don't really mean anything by it. And so um, that to me, that, that exchange was probably the most powerful one I've had uh, telling somebody. And then now they know, and it's that personal connection. And people, once you hear that, they're of just course. not going to do that anymore. Now, some people right. are, are I don't want to use the word I was about to use. I'm going to say, say, say thick. But like for most people, as I said, the language that they use, they do it because they don't know any better, not because they actually hate people. Exactly. And for the people that hate them, you can tell pretty quickly that they hate them. And exactly. They're, and right. they're not yeah. worth it. But, and that's important in the languages. And it's just changing language at the, at the lower levels. And now people will know from you, hey, can you find a synonym to get the same thing that you wanted to say out without you know saying that? That kind of thing. Right. Uh, so right. I want to get to some other things now, like more in terms of your work and whatnot. And it's a question I've had because as I've done broadcasting, it hasn't happened yet, but I know it's going to one day. And maybe, maybe you'll have a different answer in this than I do. So let's just say for hypothetical sake that there's a football player in Michigan State that's gay. There isn't that we know of, but let's just say for hypothetical. And you're calling a game, and, you know, you always do research on these players because you always need mm -hmm. something, you know, in case right. the game gets boring. And in Michigan State football's case, it probably will. So, like, how often mm -hmm. would you mention something like that? Is it a story you would mention like, oh, hey, this, did, did, this dude did X, Y, Z, his father went to this, et cetera, et cetera? Or is it something that because of where we sit that we have to mention more? Where do you stand on something like that if it ever came up? I don't think you mention it more than you would otherwise. Um, it's just a matter of when you're doing a broadcast, it's all about relevant, you know, you want to have relevant material in the broadcast. And uh, if somebody coming out and and being, you know, open about themselves would be a, a pretty big deal. Um it's just, I don't think it's something that you just harp on over and over and keep beating a, beating it into the ground of the broadcast. But I think you just have to, you know, if somebody were to come out, you can quietly mention that and then just move on. I don't think, you know, people are, people are listening or watching for the game. And um, while that visibility would be so, visibility and um, somebody coming out on the football team would be so important for the gay community. Um, the whole point of them coming out would be to make it more mainstream. And so I think we would be doing it a disservice by constantly harping on it and acting like it's something that's not normal. You know, the more we act like it's normal, the more it will be normal. And I, I think and that I agree with you. I think it's just even more of a point of like, how often do you mention it? Just like even off the top, you know what I mean? Like, cause if you're calling Michigan, State Oh, I don't think you mentioned off the again, top at all. Like not even, not, not even that like off the top of a broadcast or something like that. But like, for me, it's like, if you're doing a game for a team, right. And that and you see this team all the time. You know what I mean? Like, do you mention it in every broadcast? Do you mention it in one? And then you assume people know, 
Because, like, if it's a national broadcast, it's different. But we're just talking in the sake of, like, yeah. doing this. That's more what I meant. I, I think that um, as far as a team goes, you can't – you got to have some new material every single week, you know. You can't um, – you know, you can't recycle your old stuff over and over and over again. Oh, that's the challenge. Broadcasters of, do that. That's the challenge of broadcasting for a team, uh, you know, every week or every day in a baseball guy's case is finding something new and fresh to use. Um, so I, I don't think that, um, I don't think, I mean, of course it's important and of course it's relevant to the gay community, but I'm not sure it's like, it feels like a sideline reporter's it, job more than isn't it, it feels. Right. Isn't it what we want for people to not have to mention it anymore? You know uh, what I mean? Well, I, it depends on the it depends on the situation. I think it depends. I don't think you can do blanket statements for this because we we legitimately don't know. I mean, the only people that I can think of that it even, you know, matters for it, I don't remember how often it was mentioned unless it became a part of the story like Robbie Rogers scoring on Pride Night some years ago. Like that's part of the story. It's a different kind of dynamic but we yeah. don't know because we haven't seen it yet and also we're going to come at it in a different angle than other broadcasters will right because we've been oh, there and we know how important these stories are as opposed to other people who would be you know i don't know how joe buck would deal with it as opposed to me that's basically what i'm saying yeah it's you're right there's literally no blueprint for how it's going to be done and it's inevitable that it's going to be done um, so like you said, if it's me, I'm going to mention it, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to harp on it too much because in, in my opinion, we, we want to get to a place where it, where it's not news, where it's something that people just are like, okay, I'm like fans of the team are going to be fans of the team because of how this person plays and what kind of person they are, not because of, you know, who they're into. But, um, so for me, I, the way that it becomes more mainstream is if you make it more mainstream, you know what I mean? Now you're also a referee. I, I put a pin in that. I want to get to it now. You All know right. that when you deal with, with people in games, people say stupid things to referees. Mm -hmm. Are you, I know, that it's something that has to have crossed your head at some point. Like, what happens if somebody says something to me that is far out of line, in the heat of the moment, whatever, whether it's a parent, if it's a younger game, or whether if it's high school or college, like, what do you do in that situation? It, we can say from afar, well, the referees should do X, Y, and Z, but now there is a gay referee, so what would you do in that situation if it happened? You're saying if somebody, if somebody used... said a homophobic slur, okay, be at you, or in the course of a game, what would you do? Oh, gosh. Well, it... If it was... Let's first start with if it was at you. If somebody said it at you, for whatever reason. So you're saying... Would think they're saying like, that they know about... That they know... They, whether they know or they don't know, they still said it towards you. Because it's the heat of the moment. You know, people say it's hard for what me... It's hard for me to... Because as officials... As officials, we deal with all situations differently. Officials deal with – there's no blueprint in officiating to say, oh, when somebody says this to you, you do this. Like there's no <coughs> – there's no –
there's no instructions. There's no, um, I mean, there are instructions, but there's no um, way for us to properly be completely prepared for confrontations that um, that rise to that level, which thankfully for me has not happened very often in my in my career. But um, I think that it's important to um, to just make sure that you're not because the the times in officiating that things are the worst is when people, coaches, players, whoever make things personal. You know, they, a lot of times people are just angry at the stripes. That's what referees always like to say that they're not mad at you. They're mad at the stripes, which is true. They're the fact that you're the person that's refereeing their game is enough for them to be angry at you. But, um, as far as um, personal attacks go, um, I think personal attacks, regardless of what they what they deal with, whether it be sexuality, race, gender, whatever, um, need to be dealt with in a very serious manner. Would you and, throw somebody um, out if they said something like that? It just depends on what it is and what the context of the situation is. I can't give you a black and white answer because – you know, the irony of the situation is that nothing in officiating is black and white. Um, Obvi- obviously. Other but, than the other than the clothing. But, um, well, well, no. Other than the soccer offside rule, but that's another thing entirely. Okay, not, yeah. Uh, I'm, okay, you might not know what I'm referring to, but I know what I'm referring to, and I'm still mad at that from this past weekend, but that's okay. Um, anyway, but, but in the situation, because like, you see, I see it in soccer, right? We're seeing games stop now for homophobic slurs that come from the, the crowd. This is not at the refs. Right. But the refs have right. a lot of responsibility in these ways, right? And soccer, it is a huge problem. But for you, it's, it's like, if it even happened in the heat of the moment, like, if you, if you, had, to, if you had the ability to throw somebody out, it, even if it would happen, like, multiple times, would you throw somebody out for using homophobic slurs? at you if if it was directed i mean again i can't say absolutely yes but i would imagine that it would be something that would certainly be penalized um whether or not it rises to the level of an ejection would um depend on um you know the severity of the language and the persistency of the language um you're you're very very diplomatic referee speak here i try i try not to yeah i mean that's the whole thing that's Diplomacy is the key to being a successful official. Um, and so I, I'm not, there's no absolute, I would imagine that if somebody, that if somebody, if somebody calls a referee a, a name, regardless of if it's homophobic or not, there's always going to be consequences for it. And sometimes those consequences would rise to the level of an ejection. So I can't say absolutely yes or absolutely no, but certainly language like that would be penalized. So, when you think about where you've been and where you're going in your whole, your whole, you're only 21. I mean, you just started to be able to drink legally like weeks ago, you know. Right. It's still, you've still got a long way to go, even compared to where this poor sap talking to you is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's this business. Uh, when you think about what being a successful broadcaster or a referee, but I'm going to assume we'll just go for broadcaster for now, and being out. 
and already being out for a long time and doing something that really nobody at a high level's ever done. There are broadcasters that are gay, but what would it mean for you? What would it mean for the world of sports? Because there are some athletes out not high level. There are some people out in sports media, but not people in play-by-play. What would it mean for you if you got to sufficiently high level, whatever that is, and you were out? What would that mean to you? What would you think that would mean for people listening? What would it mean for the community? Well, first and foremost, for me, it would mean so much because just putting the sexuality portion of it aside for a second, because that has been one of my personal goals for already years and years. So that would be a dream and a goal realized for me personally, which is I'm a very goal oriented person. So, um, personally for me, that would just, it would be, you know, it would mean the world to me. But as far as, um, as far as the rest of it goes, it's, it, it's just exposure is so important. And that's why I love out sports. That's why I think that it's such a great thing that it showcases people that are out, um, you know, in sports of aptly named out sports, um, that, it's just it gives hope to people like me back in high school who you know read that every single night and just hope and wish that someday i can feel the way i feel today you know comfortable with myself and my sexuality and my my life in and out of sports so i think that you know if people see that that you know, a gay man can be successful in this field. It, don't, it will only empower others to feel like they can do the same. Mm-hmm. Does it does it change how you feel now that you're out and now that you've talked to more people that you're out? Like, does it does it feel like it's as much of a challenge anymore to do this? You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely not. No, it, it's no, it's not. It's not difficult to talk about at all now. I don't really bring it up very much um, just in conversation with people. Um, but it's, it's just not, I mean, it is a big part of my life, but um, most of my relationships outside of, you know, or in my work and in my, everything that I do, it's not really relevant to those relationships. So I, I don't, I don't talk about it very much, not because I don't want to talk about it or because I'm avoiding it or ashamed of it. It's just not something that really comes up that often in my life that I live. Um, and that's not to say that it's not important or that the other, that, you know, my life is not allowing me time to reflect and think about it, but it's just, for me, it's just another, it's just a part of me that I'm good with now. And I wasn't good with it before. And it, it, it was a burden before, and now it's just – it's just – It's part of the furniture, basically. It's an asset, I guess. Yeah, part of the furniture. I wouldn't – yeah, it's it's just – there's no – there's nothing really special about it. There's nothing really bad about it. It's just kind of there, you know? Here's another question that, again, maybe only applies to us in this very specific world. But I've always wondered this when I apply to jobs and I think about applying to jobs. Like, what would they think, and how much do I bring right. this up? 
it's it's a worry that I have. It's well. not. A, I, it depends on certain areas, and I've thought about you know, do I apply for a job? Basically, I'm not applying to the Liberty University. Is basically what that means. Right. Smart. But also, but yeah. also, like even in just a place where it's not going to necessarily matter, you're applying for a minor league baseball job, whatever the case may be, right? And you're thinking, well, how mm -hmm. much do I mention this? How much do you want people to know? Because you don't want to be hired because somebody can put out a PR statement saying, look at all the good we're doing for the LGBT community. You don't want to be using exactly. it. Exactly. You also want to not mention it. And so I've said that before, and like I've been out for a year. I've done some decent things since I've been out, but it's not as if I'm doing it because – and it's always like I don't want people to, to, to hire me because it's like, no, oh, good, I could check off a box to make people feel good about them. You know, people feel good in the, you know, in the ops department. You know what I mean? Yeah. You haven't had to deal and, with this yet, but I'm – but when no. you do – like is that yeah it's like have you even like if you're thinking about it's it a now, concern what is it? that I've thought about I have thought about this um and my thoughts are the same as yours I don't want to be um a prop for somebody but I also don't want to run into somebody or that has a that is you know offering a job that I want that is not going to accept me because of who I am you know so it's a bit of a double edged sword because I just all I want is to be hired on my merits, you know. Um, I don't want any special treatment, but I also don't want any treatment that's going to put me at a disadvantage. So it's just um, you just hope and have faith in people that they're going to hire the person that they think is best for the job, regardless of all this other outside stuff that, again, is really not super relevant to the actual job that we do. It's true. Well, have you ever thought, like, is there, a, like, you go and think of, these job listings, it's so hard to get jobs in this business and not everybody is very lucky. But if you ever thought like you go look at jobs that are available, like I'm worried if I apply to that, like what's going to happen? Like, am I going to be accepted? And I thought about that with some of these small town jobs that you see pop up everywhere. And a lot of them are Midwest. And I'm just like, do I really want to deal with this in case it goes badly? You know what I mean? Yeah, you don't want to. I don't want to I think, think that every that, place is bad and that it's not going to be no, automatically accepted. No, that's a, that's a very it's, cynical way to look well, at the world. Well, I am world, a cynic, but... so that's, a, that's part of the equation when it comes to me personally. But even then, it's like if you're thinking about jobs, maybe because you're from the Midwest, it's different than me coming from the Northeast in a certain mindset, right? But for you, it's right. like if you see a job and you're like, I don't know whether I'm going to be accepted here for that. And not every one of them is like the Liberty University example, right? But you right. know, there are places, or, or BYU or some of these other places, where it would definitely become something that is a big deal. But does it ever come up, it's like, do I want to apply to something here because I'm a little bit nervous about what people are going to think of me? You know, I've never spent too much time concerned about what others think of me. Um, I, I'm going to apply for jobs that I want, and... You know, of course, with that information in mind, like the Liberty and the BYUs of the world, but um, I don't think that I honestly just I don't think it's going to be that much of a factor for me. And maybe, you know, you have more experience in the job and the job searching <laughs> world and all that, that than I do. But no, no um, I mean, it's not even in that. It's more like, well, I've. I've applied for jobs and got rejected from a lot of them and a lot of things I've tried haven't worked. But I, I mean, like it, it's one of those things like you, do you, when you apply to jobs, you see the box, do you fill in one of these minority groups? And depending on where you apply, that definitely becomes a factor. And, you know, for years I wouldn't have ever said anything. And now you're like, Oh, sexual minority. I have to say that. 
you know. Yeah, but even, and, but even know, in other places for these for these small town jobs, it's like you don't know what communities are going to be like. What you can't. And part of me is like, well, I because I know what my personality is, and I know that if I got hate for my sexuality, I would burn the whole place down, and it would hurt me and it would hurt others. So I don't want to put myself in a position where I'm going to hurt people because I know how I'm going to be reacting if people in a community didn't like me because of my sexuality as opposed to anything else. That's more where my fear I, comes in. I think especially in small towns, um, people can tell whether or not you're good at your job, first of all. And if they think you do a good job covering their team or whatever you're doing, then I think, especially in sports, you know, you, you get the stick to sports crowd, which, you know, that's a whole different conversation we can They're have. They're idiots. Right. They're morons. But, but that's, yeah. But it's like, but, and that's what I worry about. It's like, I don't want to hear that from people. And you know, you are. But if it, you hear it from a majority, you're like, well, do I, should I be here? You know, that's always a thing that I thought about. And it also, just as I said, it comes from my personality being kind of like, if I got that, I'd go scorched earth. Yeah. You know? If my thinking is, if it's, if that's how it's going to be in a certain job that I end up in, then it's certainly not meant to be. And there is a job out there that is meant to be for myself and all that. And I'm going to just gonna have to search until I find it, you know, and you're not going to change people. You're not going to, um, you're not going to do things that change people's viewpoints. You can only do the best job you can and hope that people accept that. That's my, that's my take on it. I'm glad you're more optimistic about the world than I am. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know what, if, if somebody's going to, to, you know, send hate for, for that, then that's on them. You know, I'm not going to lose any sleep at night because of somebody's closed minded viewpoint. So, and if that's the case, then I'll, there's, there's always another job out there. Absolutely. I'm glad you think about this in a much more positive light than I or some other people do. Eh, I'm hardwired to be a cynic. I have no choice. If you root for the teams that I root for and have covered, then you would be a cynic. Um, I want to. <laughs> we'll wrap this up very shortly. I gotta. Do, I gotta talk about Michigan State football. Here for a second. Okay. Oh my God. I, I like talking about Michigan State. You. Are, I mean, I don't know. It's it's a it's a membership requirement in the Big Ten East to have some sort of soul crushing scandal that makes you embarrassed to be associated with the university. And both of our teams have had that uh, in the past. Yeah, it's, that it's, is true. It's a membership requirement to be in the Big Ten East. You have to be stupid at an uncharacteristically high level in order to be in the Big Ten East. And it's happened with everybody, so it's not unique. But I mean, just about the football for a second. My okay. God, that Arizona State game. I'm glad I only watched the end of it. But, like, again, how many synonyms for the word inept can you use to describe that offense? Well, here's the thing. He crossed the 50-yard line seven times in the first half, I believe, was the number. And you get zero points. So some the yardage, that's some Maryland stuff right there. The yardage was there. I mean, you outgain Arizona State by almost 200 yards. Um, the only – Michigan State, for all intents and purposes, won that game except for on the scoreboard. I mean, it well, was – it's great it to was, win games everywhere else but the scoreboard. No, of course, there's only one number that matters at the end of the day. But um, it it was just we're sitting there in the booth and thinking, like it's got to be coming, it's got to be coming, right? And and then at the well, end, and then the ending the, happens. 
the vaunted defense gives up a touchdown, lets a freshman oh, quarter, true freshman that. quarterback make. Oh no! Oh, no, I, the, I the just, I'll get there. I'll get there. The 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 vaunted defense who had been solid all day but can't get a turnover, um, which they did force three turnovers on Saturday in Evanston, which was a good sign. But Northwestern but, is just um, bad. Let's just be honest. I mean, they went to the Big Ten Championship last year, and they have a five-star quarterback. But he played I mean, like a five-star quarterback, and by that I mean he didn't. Right. Um, he played so they, like the five-star quarterback that went to Rutgers. How about that? True. Well, anybody that goes to Rutgers. Just... Well, I, it, it was a theme in my old show. I have family that goes to that went to Rutgers. One of my my uncle is a huge involved Rutgers alum, a big fan. I've gone with him to two Maryland Rutgers football games, and thank God I'm. Oh going God. Yeah. Maryland Rutgers football game. Good um, God. You, you, know, you know, I don't know how much you fall on Twitter because you're calling games, but, you know, the joke is now it's called Big Nude Saturday because Gus Johnson can't say the word noon apparently. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, Big right. Nude Saturday is Maryland Rutgers on BTN. There's only one game that that applies to, and that's coming in a couple of right. weeks. Right. I'm really happy I'm not oh, going to Oh, lovely. I, I know. And I've been to two of them, and it's just, you can't do that. Uh, I didn't go to Maryland Temple a couple of weeks ago, and there was a good reason why, because I knew it was going to happen. Huh. But... Yeah, you and you, but, they got but, but, brought I mean, back down to earth then, didn't they? Well, I knew it was going to happen. I could see it coming a mile away. You, you follow Maryland as long as I have. But even then, it's like, you know, but, but I mean, just the end of that game, that Arizona State-Michigan State game oh, yeah. was just, I, and like, that is, it is one of the, it, Sparty No was invented just for this purpose. And it's beautiful. Yeah, we were, we were sitting there, on our, and we were, so they throw the flag for 12 men. And then they pick it up. They pick up the flag for 12 men because the review or the, the, the rule is that replay can initiate a flag for 12 men, but they can't pick one up. So the referees smartly picked up the flag and decide or let replay get it right so they could, you know, actually get a call right in that game, which was rare. But um, I said both I... ways. Michigan State, Michigan State benefited from a couple of bad ones too. So I'm not saying that it was all against Michigan State because it certainly wasn't. But um, but then uh, there was a uh, there was some else something else that happened earlier in that drive where I was thinking like, okay, Michigan State has no business being in this game and they should lose. And I can't remember what happened earlier in the drive. Maybe it was a bad call of some kind. And then the well, 12 men calls, and then they missed the field goal. I'm like, oh, that's justice. Well, and it's not because got, I hate Michigan State. I don't. But it's just like, you know, I'm here for the shade. You got, a, you got 11 seconds, no timeouts, because you spent two defensive timeouts on fourth down. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Where you proceeded to give up, and then you give up a scramble when you rush three guys on fourth and 15, and oh. nobody spies the quarterback. Oh, but, God, um, yeah. Yeah. So, so with 11 seconds – you spike it on first down to make it 11. Then you sit around with your thumb up your butt for 20 seconds trying to figure out what – are we going to throw it to the end zone? Are we going to kick it? Then we decide to kick it with 15 seconds to go on the play clock and have to scramble it out there. Guy doesn't get off the field. 12 men because you had a couple of injuries to the offensive line earlier in the game, so nobody knew exactly who was supposed to be on the field goal unit, yada, yada, yada. You make the field goal in the scramble situation, get 12 men, get the five-yard penalty, then miss the field goal with that terrible missed leaping call. But, you know, That's like you said, Michigan State didn't deserve to win the game either no, way. So. Um, 
So, you know, it is what it is. I just um, asked the other question because this is not necessarily related to the football, although, I mean, play Indiana. You'll get to go to some interesting places in the future. You do not have to yeah. go to Maryland this year, but maybe next year you will. Uh, <laughs> maybe, yes. Well, unless you – I mean, does student radio do basketball or is that not a We thing? do. Okay. So do, do you have the money to travel to do basketball games or is it only for, like, big ones? Uh, depends. We'll, we'll travel – we'll drive – Maryland's not drivable no, from it's East not. Lansing, but um, we'll. But that game would be big driving would have to, to go to it because of the stakes and significance of it. Yeah, we're driving to. You would drive. Um, to, you would drive to Michigan, obviously. Yeah, we're driving to Madison, Wisconsin, in two Why weeks are for you football. Doing that. Um, you must hate yourself. We're going. We're going on Friday. It's it's only six hours. It's not too bad. Five of us are going. It'll be fun. Uh, well, I've, I've, I find to fly well, in multiple airports and then fly to Moline, Illinois to just to get to Iowa City for the game that I did. So that was yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah, after this week, MSU's got to go to Ohio State and to Wisconsin in back-to-back weeks. Good luck so, with that. Uh, yeah, well, Maryland plays yeah. Michigan, then, Ohio State, Nebraska, and Michigan State in four straight weeks. I'm not going to say that it's all it's, – it's only – yeah. it makes me feel good that it's not happening just to, just to Maryland because it only feels like it happens to Maryland. But uh, you've now done this a little bit, and you've gotten – is the broadcasters you talk to – like that's the only other thing that I enjoyed about it is you've got to say hi to broadcasters in the in the press box, and you get to you – know, Yeah, we, we got to say hello to Dave Pash and Greg McElroy last Saturday. And, uh, Very good. In Evanston, they're 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 a good duo. I enjoy them. Um, well, we were just down. We were we were two doors. I don't like, but I can't do that. So we were two doors down from them in the well, press box at Northwestern in Iowa in a tiki hut. I will send you a picture yeah, we were, of that very shortly. We were outside on a photo deck. Oh, that's not in, as uh, bad as where I was. Or no, it was it wasn't a photo deck. It was a camera. It was a camera oh, well. well. Yeah. I can show you that I broadcast in worse places. I did a high school football game right in oh. front of, of the booth that was tiny with a little thing to my life, the tiny replay monitor, and the band was in front of me. Oh, you had a replay monitor in a I high school football game. I did have a replay game. monitor That's in high good. school football, which was an amazing development in my life. I've That's never a seen miracle. That yeah. Oh, it was a, it was a high-quality production minus, you know, I had nobody with me. I had nobody taking stats, and it's high school football. And Winslow Township, New Jersey, look it up. Uh, I'm going to end this by not making fun of Michigan State more because, well, in football and basketball, men's basketball, the only two sports that people care about, Maryland is not as good. But in all the other sports that do matter, women's basketball, you don't play lacrosse, but men's soccer, of course, Maryland is better. But Our club lacrosse is the national champions. But yeah, but anyway, you're, not playing, you're not playing high level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you should. Well, then you'd lose to Maryland, obviously, but that's okay. Um, you'd be better than Michigan, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's all that matters. As long as you're better than no, as long as you're better than Rutgers, that's really all that matters. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to wrap this up because it's a great story to tell. And for you now, there's so much that you've gone through. I think in the last three months. But what's it been like now that you're doing all that you've ever wanted to do and you're out? Because for the longest time in your life, you probably thought, well, I want to do all these things and maybe I could do this, but I can't do both. I can't be out and I can't do all the things that I've wanted to do. But now you are doing all the things you wanted to do. How does that feel? Really good. I mean, there's no other way to describe it. It's, I just, I feel more fulfilled now than I ever have. Um, both personally, um, I mean, I'm as single as a person could possibly be. No, 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 but, not um, as single as I am. You're, nobody's okay. as single as I am. Okay, so me. we're one and one A. But um, 
but you know, professionally and socially, I, I feel just so, so good and so happy and so motivated to do, to do the work and to go to work and do all the things that are required to do a good job, both broadcasting wise and officiating wise. And I really do love doing both of those things. And, um, so, you know, feeling empowered by those that I know and love to be myself and to chase the, chase all the dreams that I have is, is really, really, a really good, empowering, strong feeling. And I'm really just thankful that I get to feel this way because I know that so many people in our community don't ever get the chance to fully become content and happy with themselves. So I, I, I really don't take that for granted. And never take it for granted. And then you'll feel this way until Michigan State does something stupid on the football field again. And then you'll go like, oh, what am I doing? Well, I'm taking the week off this week. But well, you're taking the recharging week off my, recharging my batteries. When you we go just to you wait OSU. until the duel for souls Thanksgiving weekend. Maryland, Michigan State, the game that'll end 6-3 and be just terrible. Well, you know, the way that it will end six Maryland's three. offense starting. Nah, it'll you know, end 6-3. Maybe, maybe add 10, maybe 16, 13. Oh. Gross. Yeah, sounds like a lot. By of that fun. point, I'm watching. By that point, it's. I remember the Penn State game we played a couple years ago, and all the people in the in the broadcast in the in the booth in the press box, all the Penn State people are watching for the football. All the Maryland people are like, we're watching the basketball game because we knew, and that was the, yeah. the great days on Twitter. That was fun. But as I said, two weeks, two Saturday games could be college game day for both Maryland Michigan State games, and those are going to be fun. Now, I'm yeah, the nervous. one I'm the one here is February what fifteenth? Is that the day? Fifteenth. Oh yeah, it's two. It's two Saturdays in February. Then. Yep, two Saturdays. Is that is that? Huh. Be both game day games, and uh, I'm going to be a nervous wreck watching both of them, <laughs> because I know what well, happens every Maryland time. Basketball every time Maryland comes to East Lansing, things don't end well for them. Well, no, the it's first been time a, we went it's there been, was one. Okay, you but might have and, been in, you might have been, you know, 15 years old then. I wasn't in college yet. No, you weren't. And, but I, and was, all in, I the, was definitely in college when that happened, and Maryland I've won. Been, I've been to, I think, three Maryland MSU games here, and all of them have turned into oh, I know. I'm well aware of that. sizable wins for the Spartans. So. I'm well aware of that, but all that matters is, is that Maryland won the first one. And, if you ever get a chance. And, and Mellow Trimble ended Michigan State later that year, too. Which was also the most get, important thing. Actually, no, that was a couple of years later. Close enough, as far as I'm concerned. If you ever get a chance to come to the game at Breslin, I would take the chance. I would, because you know, I would say for you, Xfinity Center, it, you get to do that game. It, It'll be the biggest game that Maryland's played at home since the last time they probably played Duke. And that would be, I mean, Breslin Center's small. We've Xfinity got Center's Duke. huge. Yeah. Breslin Center, how, what's the capacity of Xfinity Center? 17.5. Yeah, it's a so Breslin's like fourteen, it's like a, fourteen eight or there's something. There's nothing like. I mean, I've not been. I'll go. I would assume one day, but there's nothing like Xfinity Center for a big game. And I'm saying that biased because I've been there. The Michigan Michigan State game for the Big Ten championship in Breslin on Saturday night last year was. I don't know if I'll ever be in a environment that will top that. Well, it no, was. You haven't been it was a just, big game when Maryland and Iowa were top ten teams. It was just and it was bonkers. a Thursday night game. You haven't been in a game like that before. Maryland and Iowa. Literally, they were both basketball top 10 teams. Maryland, Iowa basketball, both top 10 Thursday night. Yes. Fran McCaffrey, the most Fran disappointing. Fran McCaffrey and everybody making fun of a dude that poked Mellow Trimble in the eye calling him, you are ugly. 
Lovely. That's Maryland what basketball. A, what an original, what an original oh, cheer. Maryland fans could do more. I just don't think they want to because the people at the, you can, we can't chant, hey, you suck anymore, which is, well, they do it acapella now at the start of basketball games, but you can't do it anymore. There's a big, uh, it's a big controversy in East Lansing that the, about the student section yelling vulgarities, but anyway, it's, if you're not chanting homophobic slurs or racist things, you can say whatever you want as long as you're creative. Exactly. Yeah, mean, well, I, yeah, I, I don't know if F you, I know what, if, well, if, I know what's bad and what isn't college basketball fans. I don't know if you Tulsa is very original, but yeah. Well, uh, well, it's like, what, what, what did Tulsa ever do to anybody? Anyway, we're going exactly. on too long again. Thank you, Eric, for being on. Please plug yourself. Where can people find what you do before we go? Yeah, so a lot of the stuff that I will be um, doing will be on my Twitter account, at ebok 21 And um, that's, yeah, that's basically where everything professionally that I produce ends up. Um, I'm part of a couple podcasts, one about MSU football and one about just a sports pop culture podcast in general that I do with a couple of my friends and um, some little play-by-play samples are on there from a few of the MSU games. And yeah, so my Twitter account is where to find all that at ebok 21 Follow him there. And it was good to talk to you and well, good luck with Michigan state football. You're going to need it. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Apologize for no podcast last week. We'll try to get back to weekly shows very soon. Thank you for listening. We will see you soon.